Numbers chapter 19. We're launching right into verse number 16 and going to hit the ground running tonight. Proverbs 19 and verse number 16. Several of the uh, verses uh, tonight, as it has been in the last couple of nights, uh, last, well, I guess last Wednesday night, our last lesson together, have to do with home, have to do with the family. And the same is true again tonight. And so I hope you'll tune in. And take these things to heart. Heavenly Father, please, through the power only of your Holy Spirit, can thy eternal truth be imparted and grafted into our souls to bring forth the right kind of fruit in our lives. Make us teachable tonight. Make us hungry to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs nineteen sixteen: He that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul. But he that despiseth his ways shall die. Man's a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. And the Bible speaks here of the soul, and that, of course, uh, is where your decision-maker is. That's where your mind is, your thought processes is that part of your, uh, of your being called the soul. And the Bible said if you'll keep the commands, if you'll keep the commands of God, then those commands will keep your soul. The world talks a lot about mental health and emotional health. But you know what? Uh, here's the statement. Keep God's word and God's word will keep you. Amen. <laughs> keep God's word and God's word will keep you. Uh, in the New Testament, it said, uh, be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, there it is again, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. Best thing you can do for your emotional health, go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Read the Bible every day. Pray every day. Forgive others. Let go of your bitterness and your grudges. And you'd be amazed at how your spirit will settle down. You'll be able to smile, look people in the eye. Amen. You won't have to scowl at people on the road when you drive down the road. You might even say something nice to the clerk at the grocery store. You never know what revival might take place. The soul is where your emotions reside, where your decision maker is. And God said, if you'll just obey my command, you'll trust me enough and fear me enough to obey my commands, that will help your emotional stability. It'll save your neck. When, when we obey, we can be at peace. And our souls can be at peace. But listen, the disobedient Christian is going to live with his soul tied in knots all the time. It's a sad thing. Listen, young people, it's a sad way to live, always wondering who's going to catch up with you. Who's going to call and tattle on you? Who's going to call and, 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 uh, and you're going to be found out? Now, listen, just keep God's commands and, you can, and you're going to be at peace. Amen? You don't have to worry about it. Or somebody's somebody going to turn you in. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. That's a great way to live. Amen? And it's the way God wants his people to live. Verse number 17 says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. Now, how many of you know that to be honest, you have to pay your debts? Is that right? If you, if you don't pay your debts, you're not honest. Amen? It's not a sin to borrow money. Uh, uh, it's, it's a sin to owe money. Uh, and so, uh, uh, so, so, so to borrow money, uh, let's say you're going to buy a house. And uh, you pay interest. You are paying someone for the use of their money. 
So you are not in debt until if you've made an agreement and you pay them for the use of their money, and on the 15th you're supposed to give their money. Now, if you don't pay on the 15th, you pay on the 16th, you're a crook for one day. Let me say that again. You're dishonest for one day. Amen. It's supposed to go right there. Because <laughs> you broke your agreement. Right? So, uh, but, so, so uh, here's where I'm going with this. God pays his debts. Amen? God's, God's honest. How many believe that? And when he says, if you have pity on the poor, you're lending to the Lord, you can guarantee he's going to pay back that. Amen? That which he hath given, will he pay him again? Here's a simple statement. Be generous. Be generous. Be generous. The Bible teaches generosity. If you want to touch the heart of God and you look for somebody that you can bless, someone who for no fault of their own is impoverished. I'm not talking about, uh, uh, that doesn't describe everybody that stands on the side of the road with a sign. You understand that? I don't say we ought to be callous towards somebody on the side of the road with a sign. I'm not suggesting that. But poverty, but there, there is legitimate poverty, poverty, and then there's a life choices that people make, and there's a difference. But you find somebody who no fault, of, okay, let me tell you something, a lot of children fall into this category of no fault of their own. Mom and dad spend the, the check on the dope and spend the check on the drugs, spend the check on the alcohol, and the kids don't have something to eat. You understand that? Now, there's poverty right there. If you want to touch the heart of God, then you look out for those who for no fault of their own are poor. The, man, the most unselfish demonstration of love is when you do something for someone who can do nothing for you in return. If the Lord will help us to do it in about, uh, in about a year and a half, or a little less than that now actually, we should be able to burn a note. And in the last 28 and a half years now, a little piece of property across the street, one piece of property about, about valued at about 250000 And there's going to be somewhere around 8 or $9 million worth of property paid for. You, let me tell you what you say. Wow. wonder how that happened. I don't know, but it might be those buses over there. Might be the gyms and jewels department. Might be the children's services. What I do know is this. If you have pity on the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And when he pays back, he's got great interest rates. Amen. It's a good return on investment. Verse 18. Now we're going to get into something. All the kids probably wish they won't be here tonight. Verse 18. Chasten thy son while there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. Chasten thy son while there is hope. There's several verses in here that deal in this issue of family and discipline and so forth like that. And uh, so here, let me give you a statement. You write it down and we'll talk to you about it. Start biblical discipline early. Start biblical discipline early. The little phrase, while there is hope, suggests that, I believe. Chasten thy son while there is hope. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, you say, well, is this too young? Uh, go, go younger. I didn't even tell you the number. Don't worry about the number. Younger. <laughs> if you're asking, younger. Now, obviously, you don't, you don't chase in a, a three-year-old or a six-month-old way you chase a three-month-old way you tra- uh, uh, chase a 13-year-old, right? But you, but you start 
uh, you start early. Too many parents cheat their children out of proper training. Mom and dad, don't let your emotions cheat your kids out of proper training and discipline. Love them more than you love your own convenience. Love them more than you love your own reputation. We pair this together, Proverbs 13, 24, which says, He that spareth the rod uh, hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The word betimes is a combination of the word be and time, or we might say it this way, by the time or before it's too late or soon or in a short time. That's that word betimes. Now, the world says this, well, you know, I love my child too much to spank them. And God said the opposite. I'm sure the parenting magazines are right and the book of Proverbs is wrong. No, I don't. I believe God still knows what he's doing. Amen? Spoiled children are the consequence of selfish parenting. I believe that. Spoiled children are the consequence of selfish parenting. We don't want to be bothered with it. We think if I start trying to do that, that's all I'll ever be doing. The Bible teaches exactly the opposite. He said, you do it betimes. You do it early. You do it before it's too late. You do it right away. Do you know, uh, I did a little research. In 1970, there was only one state in America that outlawed spanking into public schools. Physical discipline. And that was the state of New Jersey, and that happened 103 years before that in 1867. Every other state uh, in, in America, uh, uh, it was uh, by law, by st- uh, state uh, statute, it was legal to spank. Then 1971, Massachusetts, 1973, Hawaii, and 1975, Maine uh, outlawed uh, physical discipline or spanking in the public school classroom. Do you know what? Uh, you go back that far, and by and large, in our public schools, we had ordered. We had well-ordered classrooms. A lot of teachers had paddles on their desk. And a lot of principals walked the hall with the paddle. Do you know that in the state of North Carolina and in the state of Kentucky, it is still legal to paddle in the public schools by by state law? North Carolina state law, it is still legal to paddle in the public school classroom. Now, every school district in the state, both states, have mandates against it. But by state law, it's still legal. Anybody want to challenge that school? Okay. My point is this. At one time, we had an atmosphere of discipline in our country. We don't now. You go back that far, you go back to the, the middle of the last century and the big problems in our public schools was chewing gum in class, talking in class, being tardy to class, maybe going behind the building smoking a cigarette. Now then, the, the videos are everywhere of kids throwing desks in the classroom, knock a teacher clean out. Gang in our city gang fights in the hallways of the public school. Here in little old Ashborough. Yes. Drug sales. You say, how in the world all that happened? No discipline. No discipline. And by the way, 
we don't have a problem. I'm not correcting anything tonight, but just as a reminder, Mr. Principal, if you'll please sit up and listen right now, and all the staff at Bailey's Grove Baptist School, if we get to the place where we are so selfish that we don't want to enforce what, what uh, we have in a handbook, then we can expect the same thing at Bailey's Grove Baptist School. Let's either cut it out of the handbook and quit pretending, or let's do what we say we're going to do. Amen? That's good for all of us. Biblical discipline is not reactive. It is not emotionally driven. It is intentional. It is measured. It is just enough. It is not out of frustration. It is out of love. It is not vindictive. It is corrective, calm, and here's the key word, consistent. Now you go back to those days when the paddles were on the teacher's desk and the principal walked the hall with the paddle. You go back to 1970, that's the year I was born. One state, New Jersey, had a law against paddling in the public school. In 1970, there were 17 school shootings. Now some of those were uh, mishaps and different things like that, but 17 school shootings. In 2022, there were 152. Let me tell you something. Our nation was better off when we believed these verses, chasing thy son while there is hoping, when we believed these verses, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, when we believed those verses, our nation was better off when we had discipline in our nation. Parents, will make you a challenge. If you'll be consistent for 48 hours, you'll have a new kid. You'll have a new kid. You show me a set of aged parents whose children honor them, love them, and care for them in their old age, and I'll show you parents who once disciplined them as children. The parents who are being cared for by their children are being cared for by children who were disciplined by those parents that they now care for. Society has taught us that we are the way we are because of the way someone treated us, and that's absolutely not true. We are what we are because of the way we responded to how someone treated us. So long as we swallow the lie that our behavior is governed by someone else's actions, then we have an excuse for just about anything we want to do. And by the way, if that's you, unwilling to take responsibility for yourself, you know what a hypocrite you'd be to correct your children, so you just let them cry and whine and manipulate you and appease you till you get frustrated and selfishly at react because you feel like a hypocrite. Listen, you start with yourself. Get rid of the bitterness in your own life and get on an altar somewhere and get along with God and get the book of Proverbs again and hit the reset button and say, God, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I can't afford to let my children grow up without discipline. i got to get myself right, get my head right, get my emotions right, get my heart right, and i got to go back and hit the reset reset button and say okay listen kids forgive me we failed but we're hitting the reset button I call it a family meeting some of you have been in my office over the years you know what I'm talking about so you need a family meeting you need to sit at the table and you say kids you know what we owe you an apology here's what we've been doing wrong we let you ask the same thing more than one time we, you ask us we tell you no we, we let you ask us again well uh, please forgive us. We've been wrong. We've asked the Lord to forgive us. We asked you to let you. We asked you to forgive us. We're sorry, kids. Uh, just letting you know that won't happen again. Amen. You say what? What happens? You have a fight for about forty-eight hours. So some of you think you say, if I do that, I'll be beating my kids all the time, every day. No, the Bible says if you do this, it will bring you rest. That's a, that is an absolute lie. If I, 
If, if you will get control of your own spirit, if you'll get filled with the spirit and lovingly, correct, lovingly, discipline, biblically, you know what will happen? Then folks will say, you know what, mom ain't budging. I guess I'll just go ahead and behave. It's biblical. Solution begins with us, mom and dad. We can't blame anyone else. If you're, if you're an adult here, you're still blaming your parents. You need to get along with God and get that thing right. You need to forgive, get rid of the bitterness, rejoice in God's mercy, bask in his love, and say, you know what? God gave these kids to me. I'm the one supposed to do this. And you get your heart right and go back and be the mom and dad God wants you to be. Amen? Look at the word, uh, uh, verse 18, chasing thy son while there is hope. Hope. It's a sweet word. You say, well, where do I start hitting this reset button, Pastor? The word hope literally means, sweet word, here's what it means, a cord, as in an attachment. You need to hit the reset button, let me tell you where to start. Start with some heartstrings. Find some time. Don't be too busy. Time alone with your kids. Attention. Listen, moms and dads, you ought to look in those child's eyes every single day, many times a day, and you ought to smile. Listen, I told some of our kids, we had lunch with our kids over, uh, over in Lexington going to Bible college, and uh, I said, I feel good. I uh, feel good. They've looked me in the eye. They looked me in the eye. Something's wrong when a kid can't look you in the eye. Something's wrong. I didn't mean they're in deep sin. It just means something's wrong. It, 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 there ought to be an openness and a connection with the people that love you and lead you. If you don't have anything to hide, you, 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 you'll look. You'll look in the eyes of your leader. And mom and dad, they need that from you. They need you to look at them and smile, which speaks of approval. And uh, will shore them up emotionally. They need eye contact. They need to smile. They need someone to listen. They need to share experiences. You need to tie some heartstrings. They need verbal expressions of love and praise. They need affection. You need to tie some heartstrings. If you just go in there like a, if it's if it's a broken relationship, you say, "I got right with God. I'm gonna spake everything coming and going." It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. The worst thing about discipline ought to be for the follower. Ought to be that I disappointed my mom, I disappointed my dad, I disappointed my leader. And that requires heart strength. You say, Well, we're too busy. Sell your house, sell your cars, buy a six by eight shed and stick it somewhere and have a family. Yeah, that's drastic. Maybe that sounds drastic, but maybe, just maybe, we have allowed the society that we live in to engulf us in its priorities. And maybe we need to get back to the fact our priorities need to be husband, wife, love each other, kids and mom and dad in fellowship and have time with them. Maybe we need to restructure some things. Amen? Amen. Verse 19. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. Now this ties in right with what we're talking about. For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. A man of here's a man's ticked off shall suffer punishment for if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. Mom and dad, look at me. If you get an angry response and you let that go by, you will deal with that again. 
Here's a statement for you. Neglecting to punish only delays discomfort. Neglecting to punish only delays discomfort. If you let something go, you'll have to deal with it again later, only it'll be bigger the next time. I remember being on uh, off Crestview Church Road. What's that street off Crestview? Um, anyway, it don't, don't matter. Years ago. That's uh, what's big Manorview, Manorview. I was on Manorview years ago. Big old development over there. And knocked on the door, witnessed to a lady. And she said, pray for my son. Her son, if I remember correctly, her son was in his mid-30s. Uh, she described, and it was, she described graphically what AIDS and several of the neural diseases had done to her son's body. He was homosexual, among other things, drugs, alcohol. And here's what she told me. She started telling me about it. And I, I, I mean, I, honestly, that's stuff I was hearing stuff for the first time. What, what, it's not glamorous. Young people, perversion is not glamorous. It has physical, people talk about safe sex. Let me tell you something. The only thing you can wear that is safe, it makes for safe intimacy, is a wedding band. Amen. Anyway, but here's what she said. She said, my son's street name is Strollberry. That's my son's street name. She said, I have just, I've spent everything I've got getting him out of jail time and time again, getting him in and out of drug rehabs. His health is destroyed. He's dying. She said, I have she said, I have paid the funeral home. She said, I have a few more payments to make on his casket. And she said, after that, I don't know what else I can do for him. Mid-30s, self-indulgence had destroyed his life. And I'm not trying to be critical but mom was still footing the bill. Now you listen to me. You let that thing go. You let that attitude go. You let that back talk go. You don't think you're going to deal with that again? The Bible said you're going to deal with it again. And it's going to get bigger every single time. The child allowed to talk back to mama will talk back to daddy, will talk back to the hall monitor, will talk back to the teacher, will talk back to the principal, will talk back to the policeman, will talk back to the judge, will talk back to his prison warden, and then will finally talk back to his experienced, more experienced jailmate, but probably only one time. What God is saying in this verse is be a righteous judge, take care of your business. Mom, dad, you're the judge at the home. You got to take care of business. The more consistently we judge, the less we have to judge. You say, where do we start? All right? Good question. Thanks for asking it. <laughs> where do we start? You want a little one, two, three? Write it down. Here we start. Where do we start? Write down this one word. No. N O. Write it down. That's where you start. By the way, that's where God started. God, and by the way, God did not childproof the Garden of Eden. 
God did not have a plastic gate around the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everybody okay? Everybody all right? God did not have little plastic things on the doorknobs. No. He, he had. He said, you can have anything in this garden. See that tree right there? God said, no. No. He said, if you, if you eat that tree, you're going to die. And you know what the devil said? God's not going to enforce that. He ain't, gonna, he ain't actually going to do that. He's bluffing. And that's exactly what the devil's telling your child. Don't make the devil right. You stand in God's stead. You say, where do I need to hit the reset button? Where do I start? You can start with the word no. I remember Brother Hodge talking about his dad walked out when he was five years old. He was a drunkard. And walked out and... Uh, and his mom was pleading with him not to leave, and she, he, he finally left and left him impoverished. But she, she trained that little boy, and she'd, take, she'd get a picture of a, uh, a whiskey bottle or something like that, and she'd say to the little, little four- or five-year-old son, she said, now listen, Jackie, she said, said, this is whiskey, and whiskey is bad. Whiskey, bad, 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 bad. No, 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 whiskey, bad. And she'd say, say it, son. He'd go, whiskey, bad, whiskey, bad, whiskey, bad. He'd crumple up that magazine uh, paper and, and whiskey, throw it on the ground. He'd stop it. Wiki bad, wiki bad, 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 wiki bad. She'd get a picture of cigarettes. Say, you listen, son, that's a cigarette. Cigarette's bad. Cigarette bad, cigarette bad. Say it, boy. Sticky bad, sticky bad, sticky bad. Stomp it, stomp it, stomp it. You know what she's doing? She's training. Brother Cavanagh's an excellent book on rearing a godly scene. Every parent ought to have that book in your home. He talks about his dad uh, getting little, getting little mini, getting a towel in the living room, putting on like his little mini skirt, and telling her, his little five, six-year-old son said, "Hey, son, let's go on a date." He said, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> and he get a little three-by-five card to roll it up like a cigarette, and and say, "Hey, son, let's smoke a cigarette." He said, "No, no, 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 no." You know what he's doing? He's training his boy. And then he added a little something else. He started introducing things. Let me tell you something. You know, you know where to start? Start with one word. No. Respecting the no of an authority figure is the first step toward building character. You know what character is? Character is the ability to tell yourself no. Do you know why Strawberry is already dead in eternity? Because he couldn't tell himself no at the dirty pictures. He couldn't tell himself no to the cigarettes. He couldn't tell himself no to the dope. He couldn't tell himself no to the, to the, to, to the booze. He couldn't tell himself no to the improper uh, uh, solicitations. And he got to the place. Listen, you talk to any drug addict. Most of them would love, they would love, there's a part of them that would love to get off that dope. I'm going to try to be unkind. It's, but there's people I meet, I see them. They say, oh, pastor, it's good to see you. I just want you to know I've been clean for three weeks. I see them six months later. Oh, pastor, it's so good to see you. I just want you to know I've been clean for ten days. I see them three months later. Oh, pastor, I'm so glad to see you. I've been clean for three weeks. 
You know what what they're saying? I want to be clean. I want to be clean. But listen, they believed the lie. And listen, young people, do not miss what I'm telling you right now. They believe the lie that the path to freedom is self-indulgence. But the path to freedom is not self-indulgence. The path to freedom is self-discipline. The path to freedom is telling yourself no. And mom and dad, your children will never learn to tell themselves no if they don't respect your no. If your no means maybe... Or your no means until you push enough buttons. You are training them toward self-indulgence that is going to reap a whirlwind in your life and cause you many sleepless nights. Now, first of all, if you don't mean no, don't say no. And if you're not willing to back up your no, then keep your mouth shut. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. I want to say congratulations. You can count. How about this? No. Now, when you say no, you be careful. You say no. Mean business. And then back it up. If our no means nothing, we'll be frustrated. And our child will take yet another step towards self-indulgence. You know what? Honestly, no child. They, they, now, the, the, you know, the manufacturers, they love it that people don't discipline their kids. And they can sell them all those gates and all those little knobs and all the little things you have around your house. And, uh, and, uh, but no kid is safe until they learn to mind a simple no. No child is safe until they learn to mind a simple no. How are you going to put a plastic doorknob on a pit bull's schnoz? Right. How do you child proof a pit bull dog walking down the sidewalk? Huh? What you better have is a no son. No. No. You how you how do you how do you how do you childproof a four lane highway? How do you childproof a hot stove? You cannot you cannot insulate your child completely. I'm not saying you shouldn't take measures to be safe. Please, I think everybody understands this. I hope so. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a bunch of that is to try to to try to compensate for the fact that we won't just do what the Bible has taught us to do and start with just simple discipline in our home. And you say, where do I start? You start with the word no. Amen. Start with the word no. And you say, I say, hey, listen, you know what no means? No means no. And you, so they won't, they won't. They, as soon as they find out that no has a bang behind it, Yeah, guess what? All of a sudden, they're going to say, hmm. Farmer was trying to train his mule, and he was a stubborn mule. And he said, whoa. And that thing would just keep on going. 
Whoa, keep on going. He put some blinders on him, took him over to the barnyard and uh, let him go. And, and he got about one foot from the barn door. He said, whoa. And that mule just went on and boom. Pulled him back around again, let him go. Got about a foot from the barn door. He said, whoa. And that mule just stubbornly, boom. About four or five times he said, whoa. That mule went, hmm. You thought about it. Now you could do that too, amen? You could be as unmoving as a barn door. Smart as a barn door. How about that one? Now here's what we say. Here's what we say. Well, I don't want my children to be scared of me. I want my children to love me. And you're, you're, uh, you're more pious than God. Is that it? Is that it? You're more pious than God? You have a loftier uh, view of, uh, of, uh, of love than God. Is that what it is? Because you get a hold of your Bible, and the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of And it's all over the Scripture. Right. You see what God, it's see what God expects. God expects love and fear. He said, I want you fear me, and I want you to love me. Because you think about that. Let me give you a word, a synonym. Let's use the word respect. God, you know what God expects? He expects love and respect. And if you think about it, you don't have real love if you don't have respect. You don't have real love. You have some synthetic something. And this crowd, I, I, nothing makes me want to vomit anymore. I'm sorry. Regurgitate anymore. than some adult leaning over some little child and reasoning with them. No, well, you, oh, you, huh? I get nauseated. I have to walk away. My stomach starts churning. That child needs to learn a simple no. Let me give you a second one. I know it's 8.15. Give me about two, three more minutes. Here, let me give you a second thing. You're going to have to address the issue of talking back. Write that down, talking back. You've got to address that issue. I remember an old auditorium, and, 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 nobody, and nobody has a clue, but nobody's in the room is going to have a clue. But I remember standing in the middle aisle in the old auditorium, and a leader in our church walked by and two of their children and gave their children instruction, and the child looked right at them and said no and kept walking. And I said to myself, that child's headed for trouble, and it has borne out. And I'm talking about a good family. Now, let me tell you something. When you give instructions, Mom and Dad, there ought to be one correct answer, one correct response. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. No, ma'am. That ought to be the correct response. Uh, the third one is obedience. Write that word down. You say, well, we need to hit the reset button. We're going to start with no. Address this matter of talking back. So what's talking back? Talking back is anything that comes out of their mouth other than yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Anything other than yes, sir, yes, ma'am. That's talking back. <laughs> you start there. And then the third is obedience. And obedience, uh, true obedience, it's not partial obedience. It's, it's right away, quickly, with a good attitude. Things I've been teaching for years. Obedience is right away, quickly, with a good attitude. All the children say that with the pastor. Are you ready, kids? You're going to say three words. You're going to say right away, quickly, with a good attitude. How do we obey? Right away, quickly, 
with a good attitude. Mom and dad, let's try it. Let's have you say it, all right? How do we obey? Right away, quickly, with a good attitude. All the kids again, we obey right away, quickly, with a good attitude. Amen? That means you don't drag your feet. You don't mope around. Oh, you do it right away. You get on it quickly, and you do it with a good attitude. Amen? Our nation is filled with grandparents who can hardly enjoy their senior years for having to bail their adult children out of jail and pay to keep up their grandkids. Trying to be mom and dad again when they ought to be able to just be grandparents and enjoy their grandkids. Now, let's, let's get back to God's plan. Amen? You want some uh, chapters to study? Study Ephesians 5, study Colossians 3, study 1 Peter 3, and study every verse in Proverbs about the home. And um, we're out of time. God bless you. I, oh, our nation is crumbling because our homes are crumbling. Our nations are crumbling because our homes are crumbling. Father, we love you. We need you. I thank you for these dear, sincere people of God here on a Wednesday night.